Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. All right. Welcome to another Marketing Experiments Web Clinic. Glad you could join us today. We have marketers from all over the world tuning in right now. They're uh, signing in. I can see the numbers rolling in right now. Uh, Marketers are joining us to learn uh, essentially what works in online marketing. If this is your first time, welcome. At Marketing Experiments, we have one mantra. We have one goal, and it's this. We want to know what works in online marketing. Marketing. We don't want to be told in terms of uh, suggestions or intuition or best practice. We want to test our way to know the truth of what actually works and what doesn't. Today, we're going to be looking at form fields. Now, you might be thinking, that doesn't sound like an, an amazing, exciting, thrilling topic, form fields. It might even seem a little bit boring, but let me tell you this. Uh, there's hardly one thing out there that unites all marketers on this call. And it is likely this. It's likely form fields. As unsexy of a topic as form fields might be, all of us, uh, I would say, and and I'm open to challenge on this point, but I would guess every single person on this call right here, whether you're an e-commerce marketer, whether you're a lead gen marketer, whether you're a subscription marketer, at some point you have a form field, you have information that you're wanting to collect from your customer. It is standard. It is commonplace. Uh, And that's just because at some point in a relationship with a customer, uh, we have to get information from them, whether we're trying to generate a lead or whether we're trying to sell a product through a shopping cart. So we're talking about form fields. Uh, We all have to deal with them. And oftentimes, they get overlooked. Oftentimes, we assume on our fields, and oftentimes they just seem, again, like I said, a boring kind of necessary evil for just collecting information about the customer. But let me tell you this. I have seen test after test, and we're going to look at one of them today. Uh, I've seen test after test where a slight change in a form field or in an information collection process has had a dramatic increase or impact in the conversion Great. So, as boring as it may seem in our mind, it is actually, in my book, it is a very sexy topic because, man, sometimes it's even the smallest changes. We're going to look at some really small tweaks today that led to a 226% increase in more leads by adjusting the form fields. What's working on form fields? We're going to talk about that today, and I'm very excited to be uh, with you presenting this case that we're going to look at today. Uh, we want to, if you're familiar with these calls, you know this already, but we, we want this to be more than just a monologue. I don't, I don't just want to be talking to you. If I, if I was just going to talk to you, we would just pre-record this and we'd put it up on the website. All right? We do this live because we want this to be more than a monologue. We want this to be a dialogue. We want you to interact with us. And you can use hashtag webclinic to do that. I've got Twitter up right now. I can see all the comments coming through 
Twitter, you can, you can engage with me there. I'm going to be asking you questions. I encourage you to ask me questions. And let's, let's turn this into kind of a collaborative uh, discovery session together. I'm going to present to you a case study. Interact with us. Also, you can use GoToWebinar. I have that up on the screen as well. If you're not on Twitter or if you don't have it up, uh, you can use the question and answer feature provided by GoToWebinar. I would encourage you right now, if you can, test it out. Get your guns ready because I'm going to be throwing questions your way and you've got to be able to respond and answer quickly. So that's you can engage with us. I do want to say you can see in the bottom, uh, I believe it's your left-hand uh, corner of your screen there, on the slide, uh, this whole clinic was sponsored by and provided by Strike Iron. Free of charge, all this information uh, is being made available to you by Strike Iron. So thank you, Strike Iron. Uh, for enabling us to do that. I've got two special guests with me today, very special guests with me today. I've got Ben Phillip and Ben Hupperts, two Bens on this call uh, joining me today. I, ironically, it's actually three Bens because my middle name is Ben, so this may actually be a web clinic first, three Bens on a web clinic at the same time. You guys are in for a treat today. Uh, I'm glad to have Ben and Ben on the call with us today because these guys are the experts I, I, I get to watch the tests go, and I get to watch these guys work. I get to see what they run and kind of what they produce and then you know, kind of select which test we talk about on this clinic. But these guys are, the, are, ben ben, these guys are running the experiments. They are creating the treatments. They are evaluating the data. They are uh, crafting the hypothesis. They are coming up with the customer insights. These are the guys who are doing it in the trenches day in, day out. They are on the front line, and they're here to help us Take the test we're going to look at and apply it to your pages. Uh, at the end of this call, after we get running through this test, my goal will be to get as many of your pages, which you guys have pre-submitted, up on the screen and looking at form fields, checkout processes, and asking ourselves, how can we prove those, uh, just like the test we're going to look at right here. So here's our experiment. Without further ado, I want to jump straight into it. We're looking at test protocol 16. Three, six. We're working with a large new syndication company. Uh, if you've been on these calls before, you probably will have seen other experiments from these, this group. It's a group we've done a lot of testing with. Uh, they're one of the oldest and uh, one of the largest uh, press release organizations in the world. And our goal here, what they were trying to do is they were trying to drive more people, uh, more leads uh, through a request more information form. This was an A-B split test. Uh, meaning the test treatments were run at the same time and they were going and they were statistically validated at a 95% level of statistical confidence. So, without further ado, let's look at the actual treatment. Here is the original page. Here is the original page. Take a look at it. Now, if you've taken our training, if you've been a part of these web clinics in the past, you can probably already see some things you might want to change on this page. But one of the things you might just immediately notice is that there are 11 different form fields. Of the 11 form fields, 10 of them are required. There is one here that is not required. You can see also there's a left-hand column and a bottom three calls to action going on. So there's some friction on the page with the form fields and with the, the way the page is actually set up. So let me ask you this. Marketer put you in the seat of Ben and Ben. They see a page like this. What would you do? How would you improve this page? How would you improve its conversion? Any thoughts? I see someone says, too long. Get rid of the phone number field. Remove the fields. Get rid of the left-hand column. 
good suggestions, good thoughts. Let me show you two treatments we created around this page. All right. Here's the first one, and it probably is. It's going to probably seem a little bit counterintuitive. Now we removed the left-hand column and we got rid of the calls to action, but we actually added fields to this form. We actually added, uh, I think it was a total of four fields to this form, and we required nine of them. So more fields on this page. We're wanting to try to potentially get a higher quality lead here, asking for information. Now, but keep in mind, though, we've still minimized the number of fields that were required. Here's the second one, treatment B. Now, this is probably what many of you thought uh, in, a, you know, in terms of the comments coming through. You have a field here that's not required. Let's get rid of it. I mean, let's just assume for a moment that all the other fields are required. Let's get rid of the one that's not required. Let's move it to a second stage in the process, and that potentially will improve conversion. Well, we did that with treatment B. This one just focuses on the 10 fields that were required. We got rid of the left-hand navigation, and we got rid of the calls to action at the bottom. So those are your three choices. The control, treatment A, and treatment B. Now, marketers, let me ask you this. You're put, you, know, you have uh, someone that's working for you designs these pages, a graphic designer, a marketing manager, whoever it is, they design these pages and they put them in front of you on a table. Which of these pages do you think will actually produce the most leads? I see, so I'm going to give you a chance. Go ahead and use, you can use Twitter or you can use uh, the GoToWebinar feature. I see both coming in right now. I see a lot of people saying A. I see, I see some people saying B. No one at this point is voting for the control. We have slipped in a couple trick questions here and there, but, you know, uh, just trying to sway the vote a little bit. Okay, I see a lot of B's coming in. B for Ben. Thank you, Nina. B for Ben, all right? So let me show you this. This is a really interesting result, okay? Now, uh, you, if you've been on these calls before, a lot of times, sometimes we're doing, you know, more kind of basic information. Today, we're going to drill down deep into this test. We're going to ask some tough questions, Okay. So here are the results. Treatment A, if you guessed treatment A, you were right. Treatment A generated a 109% increase in lead rate. 109% increase in lead rate. Now, keep in mind, we added fields to that process. But B also, if you guessed B for Ben, it also generated an 87% increase in lead rate. So both A and B increased conversion over the control. Now, we might stop here as marketers and say, oh, that's great. We got a win. Uh, we, we, we created a form field that got 109% more leads. But if you stop there, you would leave on the table probably the most important thing you can gain from this test, which is learning about your customer. So what we're going to do is we're going to drill down these deepest because actually when we dug deeper into the results, there were some interesting anomalies that we discovered. Okay. Again, I'm putting you in the shoes of a uh, of a of a marketing scientist. Okay, a customer first scientist. I'm putting you in the seats right here. So we saw someone always. I'm going to show them to you. All right, and I want you to begin thinking what might be causing these anomalies. What's going on here? So here's anomaly number one. In treatment A, this is very interesting. When the, when the analyst uh, showed me this results, when they told me about this, this, this actually completely shocked me. In treatment A, we had six optional form fields. Do you recall that? Every single prospect that landed on the page, without exception, filled out every single field. So the, the, those numbers of leads that came to this page, a 109% increase, all those weren't just becoming leads, you know, answering the bare minimal number of form fields. They were answering every single form field, even the ones that weren't required. 
Isn't that interesting? I mean, oftentimes we debate. Should we, should we put a form filled on the page? Should we make it required? Uh, if we make it optional, will that make this better? I'm telling you right now, with treatment A, every single person filled out and answered even the non-required form fields. Pretty interesting. Here's the other anomaly. Here's the other interesting point. You can see the, the optional form fields there highlighted with the, uh, the numbered bubbles. Anomaly number two, though. This is even more interesting. Even though both treatments outperformed the control, because we just saw that, if you compared these treatments side by side, there was no significant difference in the results. So basically, and we actually quizzed you on this last week, we got you to vote on these two, and we said that basically there was no difference between a form field that had 15 forms and a form field that had 10. So on the extreme ends, we had the least number of form fields we could ask, and we asked we had the most. And there was no difference in the response. What that means is treatment A, which I have coming up on the screen right now, treatment A, had five more fields in treatment B, which meant that we had the same number of people of, or relatively the same amount of people answering this form field, but we were getting a higher quality lead. So, a little bit counterintuitive, and now I've set all this up to ask you one question. This is the question that we all have to ask at the end of any testing. Again, it's not, the goal of a test isn't just to get a lift. We're excited about getting lifts, but the goal of the test is to transform that lift or even that loss into a learning. So the question you always have to ask, the question we're asking right now is why? Why did the, the form that had more fields, why did the form that was asking for more information not only get more people to complete even the non-required fields, but also produce just as, just as many leads as the form process that had a few number of fields or the fewest number of of fields. I see some of you right now, and this is what you should do. Some of you are putting in your responses. Go ahead. I'm going to walk you through uh, what we identified as that cause, and we're going to translate this into something that a really key discovery and a key insight that you can hopefully begin applying to all your checkout processes, all your lead generation capture processes. Good. I see some really good feedback coming in here. Good. All right. Here are the two questions. Why did everyone who saw this form field fill out every field and why did we have why didn't the number of fields the higher number of fields more friction uh, in theory negatively impact the conversion rate so let's take a closer look at treatment A let's dig down deeper look at treatment A here I'm going to zoom in okay you can see this now there's something going on here in treatment A that I haven't talked to yet. Can you see what's going on here? Look at this for a moment. See what's going on. There's something interesting happening on this page. That's right. There's a conversation going on. So I see some of the comments coming in. You can actually see, uh, and I'll, I'll jump to the slide here, you can actually see us asking questions. With whom will I speak? We've added these pieces. Ask us, with whom will I be speaking? Where are you located? What information are you interested in discussing? Some of you are pointing out the testimonial. Yes, there's a testimonial. But look at look what we're doing here with these questions. This, is, this might seem small, but this is, this is actually huge in the mind of the customer because think about it for a moment. What are we selling here in this form process? 
Where is this process going? What is it leading to? This process is setting up a future conversation. What we're trying to get people here is get them interested in having a conversation with us. Fill out this information and we can have a conversation with you. And so what we're doing is two things. We're extending that conversation to right now in the form. We're not waiting until after they get done to com- you know, completing the forms to start that conversation. No, we're actually having a conversation right here on the form field. Listen, people don't buy from form fields. People buy from people. Our goal here as a marketer isn't just to facilitate a transaction. It's to facilitate a conversation. And we're having a conversation on this page right now by simply adding things like even conversational tone. Your customer is interacting with a person here when they're engaging with the form field. So often we just put the form fields up and we just kind of let the customer go. No, it's a conversation. that your, your customer is giving your form field process, your checkout process. They're giving it a tone. They're giving it a personality. They're giving it a conversation. And so what we've done here is we've actually begun to control the conversation. That's the first thing. The second thing, which is potentially even more impactful... And guys, it's, 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 it's a little bit deep here, so just think with me. We're, we're setting up a conversation. What does a question like, what information are you interested in discussing, do for that conversation that's going to come in the future? The value proposition of that future conversation is actually being established and being communicated even in this moment. Meaning, by asking these questions, we're expressing, we're communicating, we're saying, hey, this conversation we're going to have offline is actually going to be useful because we're getting the stuff you want to talk about. We're connecting with you at a personal level. We're asking you questions that are actually going to make the future conversation more valuable. It's interesting. We often think form fields impact friction. They do. They cause friction. But have you ever considered that a form field, by adding it, might actually imply more value? In this case, by adding form fields, which would help facilitate the future conversation, which would help uh, energize and even make the conversation more productive, by adding those kinds of questions, we actually intensify the value proposition of the future conversation. This is why every single person who completed this form field filled out every single required question. Why would they do that? Because they saw in filling out those form fields that they're actually going to create for themselves a better future product. Now, for those of you who are on the line who are selling conversations like lead nurturing programs, uh, maybe even subscription programs, free trial programs, whatever it is, you're, you're facilitating a future conversation. You can learn directly from this and begin to apply what can you do? What kind of questions can you ask that would actually help foster a conclusion in the mind of the customer that, hey, this conversation is going to be great. So you can, you can, I mean, immediately begin applying this. For those of you who are doing shopping carts or uh, kind of basic transactional processes, you can still do this. You're, you're going to send them a product. Don't just ask them for the address. Connect it to the value they're going to get. Say something like, not just what's your shipping address. Say, where would you like us to send your product, product XYZ? That simple change right there, number one, it becomes more conversational. And number two, the form field now is connected to, we're reminding them, it's connected to the future experience of the value proposition. So start thinking about your form fields in a completely different way. They don't just cause friction. Yes, they cause friction. Yes, they take effort. But you can, you know what, you can actually intensify the, the perception of value by giving you more information 
If I'm your customer, if I can, if I, by giving you information, I'm actually creating a better experience for me in the future, that's the kind of thing you want to create with your form fields. When you can do that, then you can actually add form fields to a conversion process and increase the response. So just to sink in, let me just show you this. So we have these three uh, form fields side by side. If you were to put them on a fulcrum with value on one side and cost on the other, we do this often uh, in our training and our talking. This is kind of simplifying uh, the cognitive, the complex cognitive process. At the end of the day, your customer is just asking a question. Is the value outweighing the cost? And the control, you can see it's mostly cost, not a whole lot of value. And the treatment, we again... We, you could argue that maybe we even added some cost with the additional form fields, even though they were optional. Let's just assume that in some sense, even though they're the same there. And treatment B, we were, took some cost off. We took, a, we took a ball off on the right-hand side of the screen. But look at the value. It's not the cost that made the difference. It was the value. So in the control, the cost isn't outweighing, or the value isn't outweighing the cost. In the treatment A, we may have asked for more. In fact, treatment A may have the most cost, but listen, it has the most value. So... E, so you can get away with asking for more. And same with treatment B. This is why treatment B outperformed the control because we, we intensified the value of treatment B as well, but we just didn't have as much cost. Now, it wasn't as much value as treatment A. So honestly, if you can get this market, if you can start breaking your form fields out in this way, you can get away with asking for more, increasing the cost, as long as you, as you increase the cost, you are increasing the value as well. Here's my final point. This is the last thing I want to say. And this is, the, this, is, this is the learning, okay? So what I just took you through was the process that our analysts go through as they look at web pages and they ask them questions. Like we, the goal of the test is just to get a lift, get a learning. And so we ask ourselves why. Here's why we ask why. Because we got a result on this page. We took the learnings from that page and we applied it to their primary membership form. This is the power of learning. We took the learning from that page, applied it to the primary uh, membership form, and we saw a 226% lift in lead rate. And I'm not quite sure why it's not showing up on the screen there, but you can see it on the right-hand side in the bullets there. The, and this is, again, a statistically validated result, 226% increase in leads by taking the principles learned from one test and applying that from another. We see this all the time. We take, this is, this is what the point of testing is. This is what discovering what works means. Listen, you can take these discoveries. In fact, I would encourage you right now, we're about to shift into live up, okay? We're about to start looking at your pages. I would encourage every single person on this line, pull out their page, look at, pull it up on a web screen if you have to. You know, you can do a split screen with the webinar and your web page, or if you have two monitors, put it on two different monitor screens, pull it for web page, and ask yourselves, are you facilitating a conversation and are your forms implying value? Is there something you can do to intensify the value of giving the information uh, to us for them? Can you intensify the value of even the cost, uh, believe it or not? So, let's review and then we'll dive right into live optimization. Okay? First, as marketers, here's a discovery. First, we must understand that every action customer is asked to take on a web page, which even means filling out something as simple as a form field. Every action that a customer is required to take produces, it creates a psychological question in the mind of the customer. It's a weighing question. It's th that's what that fulcrum represented. Where the customer is asking, is the cost 
uh, is the cost greater than the value or is the value outweighing the cost? If you can start seeing and breaking your pages by cost and value, then you have a lot of control as the marketer. Here's the second thing and probably the most interesting uh, discovery from this experiment. Optimizing web forms is more than about just reducing the number of forms. Yes, that can increase conversion. Yes, we see that. You remove a form field, you can see a, a lift. But it's more than that. It's deeper than that. You can actually have form fields on your page that imply value. The goal of the marketer isn't just to reduce the cost. It's to get the right amount of value for the right amount of cost you need. For some of you who are doing lead nurturing and you've got sales groups to work with, you have fields that you have to, that you have to put on there. So you can't completely eliminate the cost, nor would you want to, because the cost is what enables the conversation. And finally, and this is the big point, and this is something we're going to do right now. We're going to try to do it together on the call. We have to begin seeing through the eyes of our customer. Okay? Part of this process, and I would encourage everyone on the line to do this. Some of you have products and checkout processes that you bought from some company, kind of an out-of-the-box solution, and uh, you haven't even gone through those processes yourself. Go through them. Experience the experience of the customer. Begin seeing your form field through their eyes. Hear it like a conversation because, listen, your customer gives your form fields as simple as it seems. It, it, it seems like a trite transactional moment in the, in the business process. Okay? It's not that to the customer. Your customer actually gives your form fields a personality. They give it a conversation. It's more than a transaction. It is a conversation, and it's a conversation that you, that we, as marketers, must guide. Let's touch this to the ground. I asked the team to put this together for you. This is a list, a checklist that we use often when we're looking at form fields. Seven questions that you can ask. Now, you may be wondering, you know, you may be trying to write all these down real fast. You can do that if you want. Uh, you don't have to. You can take a screenshot of this if you want. We're going to be sending all these slides, all this information, this case study to you uh, about a week after the web clinic. Uh, you'll actually get a video replay. You'll be able to see all this. You can review all this. But look at this real quick. Look at these seven questions because in a moment we're going to try to apply these to form fields. Does my form gather the information my company needs? Can I, that's like the first question you have to ask. Can I reduce the number of required fields? Yes, that is such a common error. We often see, again, out-of-the-box cart solutions uh, require like sign-up steps, require so much more information than we often need. You may even be able to get a gigantic lift by just reducing a couple form fields that you don't actually need or moving them to a second step. Should I increase the number of required fields for a higher quality lead? Can I group similar form fields and reduce the perceived length of the form? Sometimes you can actually just move form fields around and reduce the overall length or feel of the length. If you looked at that form field we looked at earlier, we put it on two columns because if, it was, if we kept it on one column, it would feel super long. It would feel way too long. And even though it wasn't longer, even though it wasn't shorter, putting it in two columns actually reduced the perceived length of that form field. Here's a big one, and this is the kind of one we talked about today. Is there justification, direct or implied, for each field that is presented? Justification meaning are you connecting it to the value that they're going to get? How does it, imp how does it impact that? And how can I increase the procedure? You can see the questions here. I'm not going to read them all. I want to jump straight to live optimization. I want to go ahead and get Ben and Ben up with me here. Um, while they're coming up, I just want to make you aware of Strike Iron. Again, these guys made this web clinic available to you. They have a really, uh, they have a... Um, a web form data validation service that you can check into here. Uh, thank you, Strike Iron. If, you're, if you need to validate your form fields, I would encourage you to look into them, check them out. You can see the link on the screen right there. So without further ado, 
Guys, I'm actually going to look over here. How are we doing on time? Audience, let, let, let us know. Is, are, is the pace working okay? You guys ready for live optimization? You got any questions coming in? Good. Okay, good. I see some questions coming in. Are you still with us today? Okay. Good. All right, let's jump straight into live optimization. Here is the first page. Here is the first page. This is from Shanique. And the primary audience is AAA customers or prospects. And the primary objective is this is a home page as a service selection page. So look at this page right now. You can see where the forms are on this page. Right? And so looking at this page, audience, right now, before I let Ben and Ben start even commenting on this page, based on what we talked about today, how would you improve the presentation of this form field? How would you look at it? How would you take it? How would you improve the conversation? How would you better connect it to the value proposition? We're looking over there at the left-hand side. Too many calls to action on this page. Yes. Change get to receive. Move the form up. Reduce distractions in the top. Need a focus. Okay, so those are some good comments coming from the audience. Ben, Ben number one, we'll say. <laughs> ben, looking at this page, where do you see the potential, the opportunity for improving conversion rate? Sure. And, and, and the first thing I want to say is we're doing a lot of things right here. Um, you know, if you know our conversion heuristic, um, you know, friction is, is one of the most important elements. And we don't have a lot of friction on these form fields, right? We are asking only the required questions, um, which is very good, right? Um, now, one thing to consider, and as far as test ideas goes, the one thing I would test here is, and, and I'd almost like to ask the audience is, what do you think is the primary, ob primary objective when you come to this page? Um, because I saw somebody mention, right, a lot of call to actions. We see this on home pages all the time where, you know, there are just too many call to actions. There, there are, you know, we have become a member, we have sign in, we have search for hotels. If I come here as a customer, and again, put yourself in the mind of the customer, yes. right? Motivation, the most important element of our heuristic, um, is when the customer comes to this page, what are they looking, looking for? Do they want to, you know, we're, we're looking at uh, booking hotel rooms here. Um, do they want to quote? You know, we're talking about AAA. My guess would be a quote would probably one of the primary objectives a customer would have. So let's make that very clear and, and test the different uh, positions of the form field on that page um, and, and really dive down, deep, uh, do like a deep dive on that primary objective of getting a quote. Now, I can't see what's on that call to action, and I don't know if we can click on it, but if we can on, on that get a free quote, maybe we can take a look at that actual quote form, um, but I'm assuming if that is the primary objective, you know, um, that's what we would want to look at. Go ahead and click that, Tara. Good. So, so if you look at this, this page... This is really where the moment of friction is happening. Yes. So let's look at this page for just a moment. I don't know if you guys have seen this page yet. No. Uh, this no. is a fresh page, okay? But looking at this page immediately as the customer, let's put ourselves in the mind of the customer. So, so uh, you, were, you, you, were, you were talking about that focal point yeah. earlier, right? So we have, what we see here is a lot of friction, not a lot of value. Um, I like how we're giving customers a choice here, right? Current customers can sign in. And I kind of like how we visually um, kind of entice customers to, to sign up. Um, but there's no value proposition here. There's, it's all friction. Um, we might want to add maybe some value points. Why would I want to become a AAA customer? Um, again, from, an, from a pure friction standpoint, I think we're doing a lot of things right. There's not a lot of form fields here. 
um, you know, very easy to fill out. I would assume that um, these are the required form fields again. Um, there's probably not much room to kind of decrease the number of form fields, but again, value, value, value. Well, I think also what you see here is you're giving them an out right before they even got into the form. We have a phone number listed that you can call. So you're giving them an out, and we, we often run into call centers cost more than web forms. So that's one thing that jumped out at me. The other thing was the picture of the card with your membership number. That just adds kind of confusion and a little bit of anxiety. Oh, do I have to be a AAA member before I can get insurance, or can I get a quote on insurance and then become the member? So you're asking for information um, that, that they may not be able to provide to you even yet, and, and you haven't really given that value proposition to this is for members only or anything like that. So, And, and one more thing that I just want to point out is I think uh, I actually just saw it in the, in the audience, right? Can I get a quote or buy insurance if I'm not a member? Yep. The information that we're asking for for a quote, um, it, while while it might be relevant, um, right? We're 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 asked to put in the membership number. I don't know what that means, you know. Th so that there is there is some friction when we're talking about a quote. So, um, you know, maybe maybe kind of ask some some simple questions at first, maybe first name, last name, yeah, right? Email address and get them get them going that way. Yeah, and the membership number. Now I have to go find my membership number, right? I don't I don't. My, probably didn't memorize my AAA membership yeah. number. Yeah. You don't have so. yours memorized? Well, I mean, I do personally, but I'm a data <laughs> guy. So. Well, let me say this, I, and this is probably mm. the biggest thing I see, uh, kind of the issue with this page, is that there is, and if you guys pull back up on the screen, uh, there is, a, to your point originally, there's a lot of cost going on this page. Mm. There's a lot of assumed value here in some mm -hmm. sense. Uh, and you're actually even giving almost weight and preference to someone who knows already a, a lot about AAA. Mm -hmm. And so you may get a lot of response for the most motivated people uh, who are familiar with AAA, who already have a membership, et cetera. However, for those that who, who aren't, they're completely confused. They have no idea what the value is. There's not much value being expressed on this page at all. There's hardly right. any conversation going on right. on the page at all. There's not much value. I, as someone, if I, if I took off my lens and, and know anything about AAA, I'd have no reason whatsoever to complete this form field. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't even know that's a card in some sense. Like it would be, it would, it, a lot of this stuff is it's assumed value. It's assuming that the customer is bringing a lot of knowledge it, to this page. It's very uh, customer-centric yes. uh, language rather than... Company, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's company-centric rather than customer-centric. Yep. Exactly. Let's go to one more page real quick uh, while we have time. Uh, switch us over real fast. All right. This is uh, Chris. The primary audience here is leaders in the financial industry. The primary objective is to get signups for a poll on the correlation between pension plans and corporate finance strategy. Now, there is a wow. niche audience right, right there. <laughs> so, uh, and I know that many of you on this line probably can relate to Chris here. Let's pull page full screen on the computer right now. Let's take a look at it. Uh, immediately, Ben and Ben, what do you see? How would you improve this performance? Again, looking at the conversation and looking at... Connected to the value. So, so I'm going to say this. First of all, I, I don't have much knowledge about pension plans nor corporate finance strategy. But as far as the page goes, again, we're doing a lot of things right here. We don't have a lot of form fields. I'm actually surprised because both of these pages are doing that right. Usually when we see this, these pages, there are an abundance of form fields. You know, companies always want to know everything about their customer. So, so really well, like good form fields here. Um, the one thing as far as a conversation track, there seems to be a lot of value, and, and I, I, I haven't read through all of this yet, but um, we're asking a lot of questions instead of giving value. Um, and it looks like we're doing a poll. So my question is, what is the value exchange here? Yep. Um, I, I know you're asking me questions, so, so I can be part of a poll, but 
why would I give you the information for being part of a poll? Well, they um, actually, at the very bottom, after you've had time to, you know, let that friction anxiety build, you get the, you will get the copy of the results when they're available. That's your value. That needs great. to be expanded. And I don't even. Yeah. So, I don't so even that's a good call. So, so it's uh, right under the third bullet there. Yep. So, so see, poll and results. So, so great call out, Ben. Um, you know, I, I'd say as far as test ideas, again, um, you know, maybe testing more around the value rather than the form fields, right? Yes. The number of form fields is good. We're asking the right questions, but let's play around with the value, right? Try to tip that focal point yes. again and, yes. and maybe point out, you know, you get these results, be part of a study, you know, test those different value propositions. Um, and again, layout of the page. Um, you know, oftentimes what we see is actually having value on the left, form fields on the right actually works well. On this one, we have kind of a top and bottom approach. You know, it might be the right approach, but those kinds of things are the types of test ideas that our team would, uh, would, would get started testing. Chris, on a page like this, I mean, honestly, you could benefit from answering the question, I think, because, honestly, I, I missed that in mm -hmm. the actual copy in terms of you get the results. But even knowing that I get the results, I still don't know why I want the results. Right. So yeah. help me understand. So the question you need to answer, Chris, is, uh, if I am your ideal prospect, why should I even care about getting these results? What is it going to? How is it going to help me? What is it going to do for me? Why would yeah. I want them? You'll get a lot more response, a lot more feedback if you can connect it to kind of that prospect process level value proposition. And, and one more thing that I want to mention, and especially when you ha when you're talking about a niche market, right? We're talking about pension plans and corporate finance strategy. Think about your audience. Who are the people that come to this page? Um, because you have a very, very distinct audience, right? So there are value points that will speak to them. There are things that we can do to, to kind of attract that specific audience um, and just kind of put yourself in, in their shoes and, and what kind of value they, they would find on this page. I know you've yeah. been trying to jump in a few times. No, no, Final thoughts, fine. Ben. Um, yeah, so I, I think that the audience, to your point, is, is probably people who are, are into finance and, and mathematics and these kinds of topics that... that that the poll is going to answer, I would ask Chris, is this the, the minimum amount of information you need from these form fields? When I think poll, I think kind of an anonymous. If you know my first and last name and my organization, um, then it might even jeopardize, in my mind, the relevancy of your survey. That's that the you data science. Yeah, right? that's right? that's the data science is coming out. So, so, you, so you have to tell me why yeah. these are going to be you know, important. Are you going to use my organization in your results? Are you going to broadcast this? I don't know if I want to, you know, have my name out there. You just touched on something. In terms of you, you just touched on a point of anxiety that we might assume or miss in some yeah. sense. So if these people are bringing that kind of knowledge to a poll, then you're going to want to explain to them why giving us your name and your organization isn't going to affect the results, why, why you're doing that, mm -hmm. how that helps connect it to the overall, again, end-all value of the product. Right. So uh, good job. Excellent thoughts. That's all the time we have for live optimization. But audience, before you go, okay, before you go, I've got an interesting experiment I want to show you. Last week, we had Earth Day on uh, Tuesday. And in honor of that, we have a really interesting uh, test. Have you ever wondered if green marketing matters? If what, I mean, does green marketing really work? Well, let me show you a really interesting test. We're working with a mid-sized furniture company selling mattresses. Here's the original page. You don't have to know much about it. Just take a quick look at it. Here's the second page, version B. It's the same exact page, only we've connected it to their green guard uh, gold seal. So the question is, audience, putting these side by side, do you think the green marketing is going to make a difference? 
does green marketing matter? And I ask you, audience, right now, tell me, which of these do you think is going to generate more response, A or B? Green marketing or not green marketing? I see someone say in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) It may may behoove you to know that this wasn't San Francisco. I I see everyone uh, so far has responded with, uh, actually, wait a minute, Tim just broke the mold. Uh, he is saying A, bold soul there. Uh, he probably wanted to re- remain anonymous on that one. I'm going to go with B for Ben, personally. <laughs> <laughs> so green marketing, well, if you want to know the answer, you're going to have to tune in in two weeks. We will be revealing the results of that test, and we can be, we're going to be talking about green marketing, what an impact it actually has. Does it actually matter? There's a lot of hype around it. Um, does it actually make a difference? Is it something that you as the marketer should invest in? Uh, something you should be aware of as you are heading out, Lead Generation Summit 2014. We are now looking for speakers to join in. Uh, if you have an interesting story as a lead uh, you know, generation marketer, we'd love to hear from you. Go to marketingexperience.com slash speaker. And then finally, uh, we again appreciate you coming on, jumping on these web clinics. We love doing these because we love revealing the discoveries and, and even challenging our assumptions. Uh, if you enjoyed the clinic today, please let us know. There will be a survey at the end of this. Let us know what you liked. Uh, let us know how we can make it better for you. Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, too, we want to know the topics and the questions that you have related to marketing. Again, our goal is to discover what works in online marketing. So what questions do you have? What things do you want to know? Does it work? Does it not work? Let us know. And they can judge our form. Yes, and we're going to have a form there right there. So you can look right there and optimize and even critique our own form after this clinic. Again, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure having you, and we'll see you back here looking at green marketing in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.